Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode. And now you are super proud of yourself. You've got the GB jacket on, you're sporting <laughs> it very well. What I want to know is, where's the medal? Well, as soon as I was given it, I think I dropped it and uh, the centre of it just popped out. Uh, so it's into. Ooh, was it was the centre chocolate? I'm just. <laughs> I'm asking for Pete here. I'm asking for Pete. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show. This is Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. And just to be absolutely crystal clear, because it's very important, we're all on the same page, we're not live. This is pre-recorded. As you're listening to these words now, I am not actually saying them. I've already recorded them. I have to say this. I feel I have to say this because recently we did a live show, a live podcast, the first ever on Podbean, which was interesting to say the least we had a few technical issues but we finally if you did miss it by the way you can go and check it out Uh, it's now available as a a proper podcast if you like it's available on all podcast apps so just check out episode 101 wasn't it Pete 101 yeah episode 101 it was definitely one it was the last one because this is 102 and it was 101 and last week's was 100 so very important that First of all, let's just set the stage here, set the tone for the show. We're all super motivated, by the way. It's great. We're going to talk running. But we're not live. You know that. But if you want to listen to the live show, you can go back and check it out. It was a quite an yeah. interesting but, but, experience. But, but, but the issue is, I suppose, with the live show is that's no longer live. It was live. So you missed it. But you could listen back to it if you wanted to. But then why, if you wanted live, why would you go and listen to a recording of a live? Because this is live right now. I mean, as of this moment... As of 20 past four on a Monday afternoon, it's live now. Well, it's up, oh, this is too it's much. Up to date. This is qu- making me question time and reality and what's really going on here, man. And look, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll tell you what's really going on here, man, is you're not feeling brilliant at the moment, are you? And no, I think all not. this talk of time and continuity and all that nonsense, it's going to blow your mind. And you just, you just don't need that right now. I'm worried about you. I'm sure the listeners of the show, the podcast will be worried about you too. We care about you, Peter. We know that you're feeling a little bit under the weather. I'm okay. We don't need to highlight it. You said, let's talk about the fact you're not well. I'm going, I don't want to do that because that's negative. I don't want to be negative. I want to be positive about things. I'm going to be fine, but I tell you what, I'm not feeling right now. You don't want to be positive. You've done two PCR tests. Oh no, is it two (laughs) lateral flow? I get my lateral flow and my PCR. I'm so confused with this Mm. whole thing. I've done the lateral flow ones. They're the ones that, um, well, my wife just does it all for me. I provide the nose and the throat and she does all the sticking of the stuff up the thing and then the putting of the thing in the thing and then all that st- stuff and the PCR's gone away and it's due to come back it should I should get the result on my phone at some point apparently I don't know I don't know what's going on I don't on. think anybody knows what's going on I just do you feel okay look do you feel okay you know me Jake I don't like to moan about this I don't like to moan about it and I'm not allowed to go out of the house until I've got the negative result back which it will be negative because all that's happening here is my sinuses are playing up and I'm acting like a typical man and moaning about it. <laughs> well, look... I didn't want to do that, but you made me. You led me down the don't path. Don't worry about any paths. Don't worry about taste or lack of taste. There's no time to eat anything because right now we are recording the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. And <laughs> But we're not live. We're not live. Do we have a show for you today? We are speaking with Lindsay James, talking of positivity. She is super positive. We actually had Lindsay on a previous episode way, 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 way back in the beginning of the life of the podcast. And back then, Lindsay, 
was actually super focused on marathon running. That was her main focus. She was a runner through and through. Since then, she shifted the focus to duathlon. And get this, last month, she absolutely smashed her first ever World Duathlon Championships age-graded World Duathlon Championships and she finished first. She got a gold medal. And that was in the World Duathlon Championships. I mean, how incredible is that? Let me just check. Does that mean that she's good at it? Of course it means she's good at it. I mean, what was she... Of course... She didn't wing it, man. Of course she's good at it. I know. Well, I thought she was good at it. But what I'd say is when we spoke to Lindsay, which we recorded previously, so that's no longer live. That's not live either. It was live (laughs) about 30 minutes ago. But when we spoke to her, the one thing that stuck out to me was how completely humble she is about it. And she doesn't even know she's good. She doesn't know she's good, does she? She's very humble, she's very awesome, and she's coming up on the show soon. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Linz, welcome back to the show. It's nice to be talking to you again. How are you doing? I'm good. Good to speak to you. How are you? I'm all right. I'm not too bad, actually. Things have changed a lot since we last had you on the show. Can you believe it was episode 12 we last spoke with your good self, Linz? We're now on episode 102. I mean, that is just crazy. Have you got any more followers? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. no. We just... Everyone went. No. Yeah, yeah. We had three... <laughs> They bugged yeah. off about episode 14. <laughs> I don't know whether that you're partly to blame or not. But hey, we have a laugh. We, we just catch up Pete and I each week. It's great. That's what it's about. That's yeah. what it's about. It's pretty much like a phone call, but on video, and we record it and then put it to the world. That's pretty much what happens. <laughs> and I happen to be in a cupboard at the time. It's all a bit weird, to <laughs> yeah, be fair. Yeah, it's strange. Like I say, lots of things have changed since we last spoke. But look, i tell you something major that's changed is you are now... A world champion. Hurrah! What the hell is that about? I don't know how that happens. That's just bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> I think you probably do. <laughs> it's just crazy. Just to give this a little bit of context as well, to a degree, because I want to ask you, obviously, about the whole experience. We were, in fact, the last time I saw you was in the Manchester Marathon... 2019, when I didn't finish, you did finish, you had an amazing race, I think you came away with a PB, didn't you? And then, my gosh, masses have changed since then. First of all, I want to know, how did you get into the whole duathlon thing? I mean, I know your husband does it, but did it come primarily from him? Because ultimately, you've got to make the decision, haven't you? What what made you come away from the running and focus more on the on the duathlon side of stuff? Yeah, a bit probably goes back to going into lockdown and and just thinking that I needed a bit of a change and a bit of variety away from just the running and I started doing a lot a lot more indoor bike training and and really enjoyed it and and was uh well my other half was saying I was pushing some good watts and I was like what do you mean watts (laughs) and he was like oh you've got some good power I knew nothing about the technology of biking uh now it's probably increased maybe 10 percent uh, and then just in the summer, enjoyed, enjoyed just getting out on the roads, getting out to different places. Never felt massively confident out on the bike. Um, and then just started to, I went to my first race, gave it a go, and I did all right. So I started to just enjoy the variety, really, of, of doing the running and the biking and changed completely my my training my approach uh and i just i just enjoy it more now i i do enjoy doing the running the biking and also strength conditioning and weights of which i should have been doing that while running the conditioning on the weights but it was always the stuff that i i always put off 
so commonplace, isn't it, for people? And, it, and it's difficult, isn't it? We've had lots of chats over the years, Lens. It is very tricky to fit all these things in when we've got busy lives, family, business, you know, just stuff going on. We're, we're not full-time athletes, but I think many of us almost try to train like we're full-time athletes or we certainly want to perform like we are you know we want to do the best we can in a, in a race in an event but obviously, obviously to do that you've got to put in a lot of work and you've got to devote that time i'm interested to get into the 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 safety i suppose confidence really rather than safety but i guess that's where the lack of confidence came from you know with the biking and, and suddenly going from the running into the biking you were nice and safe indoors obviously mm. doing some indoor biking then hitting the road how did you take to that how did you gr- develop your confidence and and when you say kind of the whole lack of confidence was it the safety did you feel unsafe on the bike on the road did you feel vulnerable well a few years back i was out cycling and i was involved in a, a road accident a a car pulled out in front of me and even prior to that i wasn't massively my bike handling skills wouldn't say is great even now it's a massive area that i need to improve on but i'm all right going in a straight line um and that massively knocked my confidence and i would say up until a few months ago I was still, I'm still fairly anxious on the road, but that's the biggest area of of improvement I've seen. Like people talk to me about the success of, you must be really proud of your achievement. But I think the biggest thing is when my coach asked me to reflect on the year, the the biggest improvement has been, I used to go out, out of the door and think, and I was frightened and I was scared and um, it was a big thing for me to go out on my own. I'd never cycle on my own. And that is the biggest improvement for me is that I don't, I'm not now thinking about the road. I'm just thinking, oh, I'm going out for a bike ride where fundamentally I'd be nervous. I'd be shaken about going out. So that, that's been a massive personal achievement for me. It's difficult, isn't it? Because if you want to Im- increase your fitness, you, you've got to sort of let yourself go a little bit haven't you and just get stuck into the sessions you you can't be sort of tentative and worrying about safety and and it can potentially serve to hold you back a little bit how did you actually overcome it was it just a matter was it just a case of getting on the bike spending more time on the bike and getting comfortable that way or did you did you kind of were you running with uh, riding with other people to build your confidence before you were able to sort of get out there on your own? Was there a, was there a system behind developing that confidence, yeah. or did it just happen? With yeah, time? definitely. I went for months and months riding with someone else, and it was always the same route. So I I took a route that I knew um, I felt comfortable with, but I was with someone else if anything happened. And then slowly, out of time, because that someone else was often my husband, so childcare never allowed for that to be a long-term solution so it meant I had to just bite the bullet and go out on on my own and we had a couple of times where we were away and we had to I had to venture out on my own it was basically that or you're not training and for me I was like well I've got to train I'm just gonna have to do it once I got used to doing that, I went out on the same routes familiar roads I often go out early morning or in the summer, early morning. Um, now it's early on a, a Sunday, as early as I can get in daylight, and that's mainly when traffic's really low. So it's often drivers that that frighten me, and and it's because unfortunately people don't have patience for cyclists, so they'll either drive close to you or cut in or or shout at you, which fuss, which makes me flustered. So. I can handle that a bit more and I've only got to where I am through making myself do it time and time again and 
and realizing when you when you're practicing something that you're fearful of you suddenly you get to a point where you've done it so often that it's no longer as big a fear because you've you know you've you've come back and you've survived so yeah i i'm not in I've, i've definitely got areas to improve and certainly through some of the events I'm having to go on courses that I don't know. You can't practice the course before you race because you're in new locations. So I'm probably more cautious on some of the, I don't take the risks like some of the riders that have got years and years experience, they'll go into bends or they'll descend and they'll take risks. I just don't have that skill level. So I just weigh up that I have to make that up somewhere else in the race. If I can't take those risks, I have to be fitter. I have to be stronger at the bits that I can push on. Um, and just take, I know that I'm going to lose some time on some of the technical aspects. You do have to develop these certain skills, don't you? And I think there's no difference in some respects with running, or, sh- or rather there's definitely some similarities. So, for example, you, you talk about kind of ha- bike handling skills and technique. I cycle a bit. I, d- I don't go crazy. I certainly don't do any competitions or anything like that. I've done a, a big sportif a few number of years ago, which definitely took me out of my comfort zone, but I wouldn't say I'm an expert at cycling. But a lot of people can feel that kind of fear going downhill as well and they're a bit tentative, you know, wanting to be on the brakes. I think it can be the same with running in races. I hear this a lot from people because to freewheel and take the brakes off, and I'm talking now when you're running, by the way, is actually quite difficult, isn't it? You've got to have confidence to just, oh, I'm just going to go and run like a kid downhill. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> you know what I mean? and certainly in, as we go into cross-country season, I used to find that. But I think when you are actually competing, the adrenaline takes over and you take more risks. So the risks I take cycling and and even doing cross country i wouldn't do that in a training run but when i'm competing i think you you your head is just going go as fast as you can and you allow yourself to lose control and that momentum a bit more and i I certainly felt that when i used to do cross country your legs are almost taking control faster than you can think um and you're obviously on on, uneven ground so i think there are definitely similar similarities there how do you think the cycling has helped your running or or do you think it's helped your running you know maybe you don't maybe you think it's actually taking something away from the fitness obviously the goal's slightly different now with it being the two disciplines the duathlon the cycling and the running what impact has it had on your running do you think to start with it was really hard because I just wanted I was just measuring myself up against my running times before and when you start cycling and I needed to focus on the cycling because that was my weakness um, then. So when I was comparing my times, I'm like, oh, actually, my running's getting a bit slower. And I do a standard duathlon distance. So it's a 10K run, a 40K bike, and then a 5K run. So when I was looking at times, I'm thinking I've got to run the same 10K that I'd run normally and then just add in a 40K bike and then finish on a 5K that I would have raced it as a, as a normal 5K flat out. So... That was unrealistic because your times are a lot lot slower than that and running if anyone's ever run after a bike you, you it's not <laughs> you're not quite that fresh but it's it's massively helped i think the cycling for me in terms of i've built a lot more muscle i was quite although i was a distance runner i wasn't strong and i think i realize that now with not doing the weights and the, the heavy weights i was doing occasionally when i kind of felt oh i should do some weights it's, this month and just randomly throw a session in. I was doing a lot of high reps and, and, and low weight, whereas I'm doing a lot of high weight and low reps. So I've definitely b- built the strength. I'm certainly less injured. 
So it's meaning in a typical running year, I would be taking quite a few weeks out, maybe a month out at some point within the year with niggles and injury. And I've touch wood stayed injury free since I've been, um, since I've moved over to, to duathlon. And I think it's a strength and conditioning um, and the the power on the bike where it's no, I've, there's no impact. So I'm able to put in fitness gains on the bike, which will translate to the running, but without, without having the impact. And I think as you become a master's athlete, that's, that's quite important is that that running can take its toll. So to have a bit of kind of cross training and conditioning is massively important. And, and with that, I've put on weight. Um, and I think if I was a marathon runner putting on weight, I'd be like, oh, that means weight means slow. <laughs> But actually now I look at it as weight means power on the bike. So I just feel a lot stronger. And I, although I wouldn't be at the same time, I wouldn't be running the same paces at a 10K, I'm sure that if with time, once I've adjusted, I'm still fairly new to the sport with time, I'm sure that I could compete at a similar pace on a, on a 10K once I've gained a bit more experience over the next few years. I, I guess it takes a bit of intelligence as well, doesn't it? To, to look at things objectively and say well I can't be the best at everything and the focus now is not to run the best 5k I've ever run in my life or 10k it's actually to run as well as I can based on the fact I'm also on the bike in this event which which never happened previously did you find it easy to make the shift mentally to the I suppose the slower times and perhaps paces that you were running because you were bring you you're on the bike or did you make the switch quite quite quickly were you okay with it I've been okay with it in races I think I found training I think adapting my training um, took a while for me to just trust in in the process really because I wasn't running as many miles I wasn't running them as intensely and I'm thinking how can I still run fast times over less duration high quality but certainly less duration and running three times a week as opposed to six times a week and I don't feel like I'm that fast or quick when I'm in training. And then when I come to a race, it just comes, I have a good taper. It all just comes together. And I'm like, where did that time come from? I've just not put in, I'm always saying I've just not done the training. I have done the training and I've followed the training normally like 99% of the time, but it's just a totally different approach. And I guess you're getting those gains off the bike where you can't, you can't physically do that, I guess, unless you're a professional duathlete or triathlete. You can't fit six runs in a week and still do the same amount of, of biking as what I'm doing. I'm doing more biking. I do more time on the bike than I am running. But my running background has helped me still run at a, at a decent pace and just focusing on developing the bike power and the bike technique. You mentioned as you become a master, so as we, as we we all get older, which is inevitable, what do you think in your experience, and I'm really interested to hear this, especially given your approach to training, Linz, you know, you, you really care about how you train, you want to train with, with logic and structure. What changes do you think are important to make, those tweaks to training? I mean, you mentioned really potentially bringing in another discipline maybe cycling i mean i guess you don't have to be a duathlete and moving into that realm to do some cycling and spend more time on the bike and less time running because obviously reduced impact do you think there's some other changes that people can make as they get older are there changes that you've made 
to help you as you age? Yeah, I think the important changes as you're getting older is obviously your, your bone, in particular for women with bone density, but also muscle mass is year on year, it's reducing. So even though that wasn't a conscious decision by moving across to a sport that requires more more power, I focused more on gaining more muscle mass. I still look pretty weedy, but it's more than I had before. <laughs> so yeah, that I think as a master's athlete, you need to definitely pay more attention to that, that strength and conditional conditioning and functional movement as well. I do a lot on, I've got a bit of a dodgy running style and I, I always have, but I do a lot of focus on um, strength and conditioning, making sure that I've got functional movement as well. Whereas before, probably wouldn't have bothered. I just was like, well, I can still get round in a decent time. I don't need to pay attention to that. My goal for like 18 months ago with, with my coach was let's try and get as many months out of the year where you're injury and illness free. And that's our number one target because the more weeks that we have you, your training is obviously better. So that's really important. Sleep is really important. I wouldn't say that I've kind of conquered um, that with having a small child, but I am mindful and more flexible with my approach uh, to training. Whereas I know if I'm run down and I'm tired, no matter what was in the training program before, would have gone, well, I'm doing it anyway because it's written in there. This is the first time I've invested in a coach and my coach is really keeps me accountable but is very flexible so that he he knows that if I am struggling that he he will tell me to back off whereas if I didn't have that I would just be going well I'll train through it so that's definitely helped me stay more injury and illness free. I find that really interesting because it's very easy to I think to often associate accountability with motivation to actually train and oh and it's going to help me to get out there if I'm accountable if I'm working with a coach or if I've got friends and family or colleagues to keep me accountable I think there's another side to it and I actually said this to somebody that I'm going to be working with very soon and we had a good chat on the phone during the sort of consultation and we were talking about motivation he's pretty motivated to get out there and train like he's going to train but interestingly the accountability side of it is really helpful to make sure that he executes the sessions accurately and that may mean actually back off a little bit when the time is right to back off because that's what has been set rather than normally just the the, the pedal is always to the ground and it's for, you know we're, the switch is always on sometimes we need to back off and something else that comes out of what you said there the consistency i think i've learned this over the years Lindsay, with my own running you know the the power of just consistent training not necessarily trying to absolutely smash yourself all the time because then if you risk injury illness then you're having weeks maybe months out of training and then you've almost not completely starting again but you've certainly got to build back up to the level you, you were at so that consistency is just massively important isn't yeah it? and i i never used to periodize my training i would just train hard all year and then after i raced i'd have a week off or two weeks easy depending what kind of distance the run was whether it was 10k or marathon i'd have a little bit longer time but i wouldn't periodize if i wasn't racing i'd i'd just run hard all all year round whereas now having a, a coach that looks at the whole year will peak me for certain events and because i'm i'm I am motivated, so I'll be going, well, why aren't, why aren't we doing some brick sessions now? And it's like, because you're not racing for three months. <laughs> why are you smashing yourself? Like, for what? So I have complete trust in um, his knowledge, his ability, 
as I know that people will will you, but I think that's a real valid point when I you, that you made about a coach not just motivating but being able to put the brakes on. And I think in the past I've always looked at coaches and thought, oh, they'll just keep you accountable to the plan no matter what. And and it's not like being like that at all. And an example link that led up to the World Champs is I actually had sinusitis for it was just over three weeks before, and I was really struggling breathing and. I went really quiet to everyone about people were saying how's your training going and I was thinking oh this has just hit me at the worst time uh, I ended <laughs> up on antibiotics and luckily it was probably three four days before the event it lifted um, but right up until that I was saying I want to just try the session I know it's a hard session and I am ill but I just want to give it a go because mentally I need to know I can still do it. And he was like, you don't need to. So we're taking that session out. You've had a, a solid year of training. You've not missed training. Why? There's no, I know that you don't need to do it. So trust in me. And I think if I hadn't have had him saying that, I would have nailed every session and I probably wouldn't have been there on, on the start line. And I guess that comes over time when, and you'll experience this with working with athletes is you build that trust and you put the whole trust in your coach and I'm I'm at a point where I I just go with I don't question anything now because I know it works and I've got complete belief that it's not just about the coaching it's looking after the person and the individual's overall health and well-being yeah it takes time to build relationships of all kind doesn't it so it's certainly not something that's built overnight and, and you start to understand each other and you build that trust which obviously takes time it, it's interesting isn't it the whole mindset side of stuff you know I'm, I'm i'm so into that whole world when it comes to training Lindsay, and we talk about this often on on, on the show as well that it's so it's almost like finding the sweet spot that balance especially when you get closer to an event because you kind of want confidence and confidence is a mental thing so you you want confidence that you can do it or you can hit certain paces or you can run certain distances let's say if somebody's doing a marathon they want to know can i run 20 miles still because i've been tapering so i get that we do want confidence but what you don't want to do is listen too much to the mind so you end up taking more out of the body too much out of the body so that you mentioned tapering earlier so that when you get to your event whatever it is whether it's a duathlon or whether it's a, a marathon or 10k you want to be fresh and ready you don't want to be exhausted you want you want the opportunity to showcase that fitness and use it but if you're exhausted because you've been listening to the mind and you've probably made decisions that were not best for the body i think you're going to come unstuck does that make some sense oh definitely and and having that illness leading up to it and I've been there you'll know I've been there before leading up to marathons and then there was one major marathon I trained for literally 18 months and didn't make the start line so um it was the mindset leading up to it I was I was anxious because of the illness I didn't know how much it would have taken out of me I was anxious because I just felt like an absolute imposter and why am I at a world champs when I've only been doing this sport for about 18 months I knew that there was a a a practice well we did one practice at a massive hill on the on part of the route and um that freaked me out I could barely get up it other people were talking about they'd have to get off the bike and push the bike up so I was worrying about that and I just, um, it was really bizarre when it came to race morning, I just, I was on the start line, I looked down at my watch and I always have this thing where I'm like, try and control your heart because you don't want to burn all your kind of energy on, on that, m- that mental energy and your adrenaline, try and save it for the race and that can make you flustered too if you're thinking, oh, you, you know, 
you're overstimulated here, calm down. And my heart rate was, my resting heart rate is very low, but it was 125 and I was stood still and I'm like, oh my God, you're out of control. What are you doing, woman? So I just, I just took some breaths and just basically had a word with myself. I was like, you, you know, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful that actually that illness, it could have been a week later and I could have been ill. I'm fortunate to be in this position to represent GB at this level. Just try and take each section at a time. And I just tried to think about, right, just focus on the 10K run. Don't go off too hard. The usual stuff you think of when you're racing anyway. Don't go off too hard. Rein it in. Bike transition. Take your time. Um, things went wrong um, and I didn't flap. So the shoes you, you use... Um, elastic bands to keep your shoes flat so you can uh, mount the bike mine had snapped um so they were like bobbling around and i was like oh i haven't practiced that one <laughs> and i just uh, <laughs> i just didn't let things throw me i think i just felt i almost felt grateful basically for the for the opportunity for the chance to be there and i just thought of people that that meant a lot to me and um, and then the last run, when I came in um, onto the last run, and I, I thought that I was in the lead in my age group at that point, but there was some younger-looking girls in front. So on one of the switchbacks, I was like, do I look old enough to be the mum or not? And then if if, <laughs> if I do, then I'm probably doing all right for my age group. So, yeah, just in that last run, I thought, you know, you've you've done the best that you can do. You've controlled everything, and that's all that you can wish for on race day. It doesn't matter where you finish. It's not like you can go, oh, well, I wanted to run two minutes quicker to be in the top five or whatever it may be. You can only do what you can do, and if you know that you've given 100% at every single point, then that's all I wanted, to walk away and know that I'd given it my all. And you're in control of that, aren't you? That's what I think is so awesome about that attitude of, look, I've given it everything. I've given it 100%. And also, just to add to that, Lindsay, and I think this is an important caveat to make, really, that if somebody is in an event and they don't want to give 100%, that's also absolutely cool. So, you know, I might work with some some runners or people may message me and ask for advice on social media about various events. And the race that they have coming up may not be the be all and end all of their existence. You know, it might not be, I want to do as well as I can do on the day. And that's absolutely fine. But wherever you sit on, on that kind of barometer, as it were, if you want to, let's say, do as well as you can and give 100%, well, you're in control of that. All the elements and everything else, whether it's hilly, whether there's a headwind, whether, I don't know, there's a bit of chaos at the start and it's not as smooth as you perhaps would have liked it to have been, you can still give 100%. And subsequently, what happens, you come away super proud of yourself. And I know you are super proud of yourself. You've got the GB jacket on. You're sporting <laughs> it very well. What I want to know is, where's the medal? Well... As soon as I was given it, I think I dropped it and uh, the centre of it just popped out. Uh, so it's into... Ooh, was it chocolate? <laughs> was the centre chocolate? I'm just... I'm asking for Pete here. I'm asking for Pete. If it was chocolate, that centre bit would no longer be here because I would have eaten it. Like, mm. I've, got a, oh, I've got a confession to make because my other half... I've, I've got one of those advent calendars where you put your own chocolates in and I filled it. I do this every year. I've already emptied it. <laughs> 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that would happen to me too. Yeah. They're dangerous. They're, they're just a daft idea. They've got to be sealed, double sealed, and have foil over it as well. Yeah, he said, I'm, I'm saving them all for Christmas Day, and I'm thinking, you're not, because there's none left in it anymore. <laughs> so I've got to go back out and buy another one. Oh, no. <laughs> so self, self-control with my training, not self-control when it comes to chocolate and probably my diet. <laughs> what happens with the medal now? You've broken it. Oh, I can stick it. I can stick it back in. Um, it'll That's be good. fine. That's good. <laughs> the expectations, and I'm talking, I'm referring to the expectations you had of yourself, Lindsay, going into that event. Did you have expectations? What were they and how did you manage them? Because by your own admission, you weren't the most experienced, certainly there. You know, you've not been doing duathlon that long, although you've been training many, many years. What did you have in your mind and how did you manage that? Um... I guess expectations can be looked at differently. A lot of people go expectations as in where did you finish? Like, where do you want to come? Which is which is quite hard in that kind of race. Like, I, I'm new to the sport, so unlike running, I don't know who people are on the start line. And I think that's a good thing because I can't, I can't stress about it. Um, other people apparently had said they'd seen how I'd performed in one of the races and... Uh, people might be watching you and I thought I don't want to hear that that just puts pressure on me so in terms of like finishing expectations I didn't know where the other athletes would be and I just thought for a top 10 in my age group would be a good finish but maybe I'm expecting too much but for me it was in terms of times it was a flat course so I knew if I could run under a 40 minute 10k that would be I wouldn't have overcooked it to go onto the bike The bike, there was no, I couldn't, um, because it was undulated and it had big climbs and descent, I couldn't look at, and normally I'd look at an average watt. um, That was basically just go on effort. And I'm I'm fairly good at going on. I know when I'm pushing hard and if I'm not pushing hard enough. And then the last 10K around um, 20 minutes, I thought, I mean, the last 5K, if I can focus around... 20 minutes then I've run okay so I mean they they were my expectations in the race but as it got closer to the day it was probably what I said before it was just to feel grateful and humble which I've never probably thought about a race in that way instead of looking at the outcome it's just to kind of be grateful for where I where I was uh, and to come out of it not thinking it was a negative experience because I was so stressed out and so worried about times and where I would finish. It was like, just do your best and come out of it, just feeling grateful that you've had this opportunity and you've made it. You've made it. Now that you've done this, what do you do next? And Because you had kind of that whole almost, I guess, naivety to some degree. What am I capable of? Well, now you know. I don't think that the world champs has made any difference to my expectations. <laughs> I think I, as I said before, I, I'm a bit of an imposter. So I was just saying after the race, well, maybe some of the girls that would have beat me weren't there today, so they'll be at the next race. So I think I'm definitely, it doesn't mean that I'm going to win even a local race, let alone one that will be a European or a national champ. So my expectations is when I finish that race, I thought I've just got to get better. I've got, there's things that I can improve on. I can still improve on my run. I can improve on my bike and the technical aspects. So there's a lot more that I can change to get better than where I was before. And I, I stay, I'm, I'm motivated to do that. Not so much in the winter months. It was 
did take me about two hours to get out the door yesterday in the rain to do like literally a 45 minute run. And I was like, well, you've just wasted two hours talking yourself round to do a run that lasts 45 minutes. So I think, you know, we all, we all have those places that are, that we all go to at times and winter month training is, is quite difficult, but my expectations is just to try and keep improving and um, do the best that, that I can get that I can do. Well, I know you certainly made your little boy proud. I know that from what I see on, on social media and the video of you running with the with the with the G B flag afterwards. I mean what how surreal is that? That must have been crazy. I saw a guy in the crowd and I was eyeballing him and I pointed to him and I'm like, I want your flag. <laughs> and I looked, Good job. I looked behind. I wasn't that stupid to look behind and because I've seen those videos where you've got someone celebrating and then someone overtakes you on the finish line and it's like, oh my yeah. God. So I was like, let's check that there's no one on my shoulder here because this could be a disaster. And I saw that there was no one there. So I had time to just, that was rare to ever, you don't get that in running. Like you are running for every second where it's different in duathlon and triathlon I thought you know what for once I'm gonna enjoy this moment and I could hear Owen shouting and my friends were shouting and it just I put the uh, I put the flag high above my head I still probably had 50 meters to go and then I was like after about 10 meters like oh my god how hard is it to run with your arms straight above your head so that lasted 10 yeah 10 meters and then i brought it back down again because i thought i can't run like that i need my arms so if you if you happen to be listening to this podcast in doncaster and you see some crazy woman running around the city with a gb flag above her head don't worry it's just Lindsay. she's practicing for the next world championships it's all about technique lens all about technique before we let you go today we have one final question for you. We ask all of our guests this question, but not from episode 12, because that was a little bit too early. So we didn't actually ask our guests this question the last time you're on, which is why we didn't ask you, but we're going to ask it now. Lindsay, are you ready? Okay. <laughs> this is your weekly dose of running motivation. What does the word motivation mean to you? Hmm... We don't have any backing music to play while you think about yeah. it either or anything like that. I mean, it's fine. There's no countdown. We're chilling. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, this afternoon. All right. yeah. Take your time. Take your time. Yeah, motivation for me is um, knowing what your goal is and and striving for that and reaching your full potential. So to keep you motivated, you've got to have a goal. And that doesn't matter whether that's a time, whether it's a personal goal, whether it's putting one foot in front of the other as slow as possible. You've got to have something to focus on. Otherwise, you can easily become sidetracked and unmotivated. So you've got to have a goal. You've got to have a purpose. And I think that purpose ultimately needs to be something that isn't an external focus. If you can find something that's internal, that um, has internal meaning, I think that will definitely mean that you'll stay motivated. Linz, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks, guys. Take care. Running with Jake, the podcast. Always love catching up with Lindsay on the show, but I've got to be honest, I cannot believe she broke her medal. I mean, I, I would not be over that. I would not be over that. I think she was putting on a brave face, to be perfectly frank. Yeah, she seemed really cool about the fact that she broke her medal. How do you break, how do you break a gold medal? That's some guy. What do you mean the centre fell out? The centre fell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she's 
really clumsy, isn't she? I've been to your house many times up in Derbyshire, and I know you have an Olympic torch. You're lucky enough to have an Olympic torch, which is pretty incredible. And you swing that thing around like a madman, and you've never broken that. If you, if you can't break an Olympic torch, no, it's broken, mate. It actually is broken. To be fair. <laughs> Seriously, I did. The, the reason I've got the Olympic torch is because I took part in the um, 2012 uh, London. What were they called? The relays uh, to, to to get the flame from where it was to where it was going. And I did. Um, I did a bit of. I did 200 meters of running. And she's right, by the way. Lindsay's right about what she says about having an arm in the air and running. That's a pain in the ass. So I'm there with the arm in the air and the, the Olympic torch on it, and I'm carrying the flame uh, for 200 meters. Now, bearing in mind this is 2012, I had not run. Since school, genuinely back then, so I'm sweating and I'm in absolute pieces. Uh, and, and I did that, and it was it was a, an amazing day, and and it was really great to be part of something like that. It really was stunning, and I do play it down, but it was I loved it. It was great, uh, and then. After that, because there was all of the interest in the Olympics, and you know, we're 2012. It's it's London. It's 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 come to our our gaff. I just like did a little bit of a tour. I used to work on the radio, and loads of schools got in touch and said, "Oh, could you bring the the the, the thing to show the kids?" And so he did like a tour of schools and stuff. And I went and you know showed them the the thing and did it all. And it was you know it was in summer, and the the summer was really nice of 2012. And I was I I I like to ride my motorbike when the weather's nice. And I'm like, right, it's a good day today. And I'm taking the torch out. So I strapped the torch onto the back of the motorbike. So I strapped it on my bike. So I, I really didn't want it to fall off the bike. Anyway, when I got where I was going, it I fully bent it with the straps, with the bungee. It's, it's got a bend in it. It's, it's unique. It's unique. Right, look, let's move on from Olympic torches and broken medals. It's time to take another one of your questions. It's running related. It's time to answer... One of your questions is hashtag AskJake. Tracy's been in touch and she wants to know whether she should use a foam roller before or after her runs. Uh, Tracy, you can use it both, but I think there are a few things to consider. So if you are using your foam roller before a run, it can be a nice uh, component of your warm-up. So it can help to soften some of the muscles, some of the tissue. It can help to reduce friction. So things glide a little bit easier. It frees up your muscles so that they're ready to perform but what i would say is don't do too much of it uh, i always advise my runners that to work on repetitions rather than duration so don't be foam rolling uh, one given muscle for two minutes you want to be doing maybe 15 to 20 reps so kind of just rolling up and down the quadricep for example 15 to 20 times be relatively gentle because what you're trying to do is get the muscles in a in a good place to perform because you're about to run if however you're going to use the foam roller after after a run after training then you can be a little bit more thorough a little bit more intense for want of a better word and you could go on duration so you might foam roller for a minute or two on each muscle group you could even do it in the evening you know it doesn't have to be let's say you run in the afternoon and you want to foam roll later in the evening it doesn't have to be immediately after your run but the idea after your uh, run with the foam roller is to switch your muscles off a little bit get a little bit more length back into the muscles and help them recover so a couple of things to think about there but good to hear that you are looking at your training holistically and incorporating some foam rolling so keep that up if you've got a question it's hashtag ask jake or drop me a quick email at podcast at runningwithjake.com okay i must confess talking of broken olympic torches and medals i did lose my berlin marathon medal 
back in 2008. I did lose it. I mean, I, I, I didn't break it, but I lost it. And let me tell you something, right? This was the second marathon I've ever done in my life. True story. Oh, no. And the last thing you want to do after you've ran 26.2 miles, only for the second time ever, mm. is realise that you've left your medal in a shower tent <laughs> at Brandenburg Gate. And you remember this oh, no. about two hours after you've finished, you attempt to go back into said shower tent and it is full, wall to wall, with naked German bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> that is not something you want to do when you're going back into the shower tent and hunt to find your medal. No, is the answer to the question. I didn't retrieve the medal, oh, genuinely. No, that was the question. <laughs> Honestly, I was I was absolutely, as you can imagine, I was gutted. I was yeah, absolutely gutted. Yeah. I thought, these shower tents are massive after, after a, a, an event. And of course, <laughs> it's just a nightmare in there. There's steam everywhere. You can't see a thing. It reminds me of the scene out of Friends where Chandler sits on his father-in-law's lap when they're in the sauna because he can't see anything. <laughs> All his glasses have steamed up. I didn't sit on anybody's lap, but it was a nightmare. But you know something? There, there is this, this story ends well, by the way. I got home, absolutely gutted. Everybody asking me about the race. I was like, oh, yes, 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 but I lost the medal. I emailed the organisers and they sent me one in the post, which I thought was so oh, nice. Oh, that's lovely. I, I, that's I, great. So, nice. so I cherish that medal. I've broken it. <laughs> it's pride of place at home. Oh, that's lovely. And it's lovely to know that the, the Berlin Marathon organisers are really nice. And what's more, an absolute bonus, you got to go in a, a shower room full of... Um, naked German bottoms as well. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Right? Right? Just me? You've been listening to Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. We are well and truly done for this episode. Join us next week for more running madness. No naked German bottoms or talk <laughs> of lost medals or broken Olympic torches, but lots of motivation. Goodbye. Oh, and one more thing. It's the struggle that makes you stronger. Unless, of course, you're waiting for a really long time for your watch to pick up the satellites. Hold up. 